Today's guest is Rob Terman. He's the Director of Consulting Services at CGI Federal. His main focus is on connecting CGI experts with the Department of State stakeholders so they can bring them smart solutions that work. When I asked him what else I should include in his introduction, he highlighted his two awesome sons and his amazing wife, but he also talked a lot, and I'm sure we'll hear about it, how he's a big, huge fan of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and hopefully that doesn't immediately make somebody turn off the podcast because they're a rival. But, uh, and Rob and I have had many conversations. We share a passion for bourbon. It took forever for me to hit record because we were talking bourbon again. So, uh, but thanks, thanks Rob for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So for people who haven't met you, had a chance to uh, have conversations with you, uh, talk a bit about your background, where you're from, who you are and what you do. All right. Long time ago. <laughs> um, well, I grew up, uh, I would say a Navy brat, but I didn't get to experience all of the fun stuff that should come with it, like experiencing new towns and, you know, uh, uh, going overseas and exotic locations and so on and so forth. We were um, in Norfolk, Virginia for pretty much my dad's entire career. I grew up in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, And then when he was uh, retiring from the Navy after 20 years, he moved uh we moved back up to maryland um uh, right outside of annapolis to where he, he was stationed at the pentagon so i grew up a, a navy brat but my my father was from the midwest he was from nebraska so that's where my my husker tie comes from um my uh very first memory of watching a college football game um probably a football game overall was in my bedroom on one of those like you know really long but like that big TV screens that's black and white, just sitting on my, like uh, my um, dresser. Uh, And it was uh, Nebraska versus Florida state. I want to say in 94, 93, 94, where uh, uh, for any Husker fans out there, no, we got robbed. We should have won the national championship. (laughs) Um, uh, They called a uh, phantom block in the back on a, on a punt return for a touchdown that we had. Um, and then we still missed a field goal as time expired that could have won the game. So, but we were like 17 point underdogs. That was amazing. Anyways, enough of old <laughs> Nebraska football games. Um, and uh, so I grew up a, a Husker fan, high school in, uh, in Maryland, um, ended up getting into Nebraska. So I went out to Nebraska for college. Um, UVA was my safety school for anyone that uh, uh, from the area that happened to go there. Um I loved it out there, man. People are so nice uh, in Nebraska. And I had a theory um, when I was like the very, the first two people I really met out in Nebraska, both of them ended up living with me at some point in time when I was out there. Um, uh, my theory basically is that they, there's, there, there's not a density of people. No. Yeah. So they're all willing to talk and they're actually truly interested in what other people have to say. Um, which makes everyone kind of feel special, which builds the bonds. It's kind of, you know, feeds itself. Um, uh, and I, anyways, that's why I, I'm, I feel like the Midwest, uh, smaller towns that happen in Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas. Um, that's why you get such nice people out there. But I loved it. I would move Lincoln, back out there. It's but in Lincoln, right? University of Nebraska is in Lincoln. There's other like tiny schools like yeah. University of Nebraska, is, Omaha. Is, is Lincoln the stuff. capital? You know, it's, I'm showing my age. Lincoln is the capital. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a small capital in comparison to many places, for for sure. Like it's it, Omaha is actually the bigger yeah city, I guess if you could call it that. Um, it's a city. Um, uh, it's a bigger bigger city out of the two, but uh, on game days, 
course, you know, <laughs> I think the I think the stat is on game days the the stadium would be would it be equivalent to the third largest town in in the in the state, um, you know, when they pack that full of a hundred thousand people, um, but yeah, no, I loved it out there. Uh, came back out. My parents are still on, were on the east coast still. They never left. You know, Maryland. They're still in the same house they were uh, when we first moved up to for my dad to be stationed at the Pentagon. Um, so I ended up moving back out, uh, after college and had dreams. Well, in college, I, I went for accounting. Okay. Thankfully I've never spent a day doing actual accounting, even though I do support, um, department of states, uh, financial management, um, organization, the CGFS Europe's, uh, comptroller and global financial services. Um, but they, they hire smart people to actually do the accounting work. I used to stay on the system side. Um, and I had dreams of moving back and getting a government job working at GAO. I thought that was, oh, this is going to be great. I'll do that. But did you know, they weren't, they wouldn't, weren't hiring. So, um, my dad ha had already retired from the Navy at this point in time. And, um, he was working at, uh, a bunch of different companies that just M&A happened one after another and eventually was at, um, Shoot, what was it? L I think it was L3 Communications. Like I was gonna say Coleman, but I, th I think that was a previous company. So L3 Communications. Um, he got me a job there. Uh, I was working as a financial analyst, so kind of close to accounting, but uh, you know, not having to know gap and stuff. Um, and uh, I did that for about a year, but they were moving their headquarters out to Chantilly. Mm. Um, and my boss at the time, Bob Carroll, is his name super awesome he was like do you want to be working out of chantilly and i'm not not really because we were at crystal city at the time he's like all right i'm gonna help you find another job so he did help me some of his former employees that had moved on one of them went to stanley associates um and uh, he got me an interview there they hired me and uh and i've been there ever since so we're now cgi cgi acquired stanley um you know probably maybe even 10 years ago now i'm not sure it's been a while um, it's definitely way longer that I've been at CGI than I ever was at Stanley. Um, since I've been here for about 16 years in that time, I've had many different uh, roles at the company. I um, started, like I said, in the financial analysis kind of space, um, a lot of Excel PowerPoints, or not so much PowerPoints, but definitely a lot of Excel at the time. And um, Once I started to understand how we our financials worked, got into pricing, which is something you've already you hinted earlier tonight was not something you were super passionate about. Um, and from pricing into more broader proposal work, and this is like over years, like this isn't just like, you know, yeah. in one year, but broader proposal work, um, some uh, business operations support, you know, which is kind of like KPIs for uh, running a business. Um, and um, and then into capture management. And uh, when COVID started, I, I didn't really have much of a background in, in program delivery, you know, getting yelled at by a client that uh, you're not making your deliverables, so on and so forth. You need to kind of cut your teeth in that stuff. Uh, I feel to, to, to continue to move up in the organization, you have to understand and respect how a business is run, how, uh, how, how to serve a client to, uh, to, to be able to do anything else in your career. Um, so, um, I asked to move into that role, CGI, 
polite, like allowed me to do it. So I'm super thankful on that. And and I've been uh, serving uh, uh, the comptroller since. Um, yeah. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So that's unusual for our friends here in the DC area that you are still at the same company for so many years. Is yeah, is that like a, a built-in loyalty thing you have? Uh, just the, the the moving around uh, helped, right? I know that if your role changes, interest you can gain new interest, new things. Right. Uh, I th I think there was a lot to what you just said there. Um, that it wasn't old and. And I'll also say this about my movements. It while that last one was me asking, none of the others were. Hmm. All of the others were, Rob, we want you to do this. Um, so uh, we've talked about in in our in, in some of our other meetings about how the power of saying yes or the value of saying yes. Yeah. Um, so I said yes, but I don't really know if I had an option in any of those cases. So, <laughs> uh, but it did help, right? It did help with my um, not getting bored with things um you know uh not getting too comfortable and um and i've had opportunities to leave um so i really got to assess you know i, I one thing i do know is the grass isn't always greener with cgi a lot of people come back after they leave <laughs> so it's clear that a lot of people experience other opportunities other really good companies and i know it's not like we're the best but a lot of other really high-end companies that everyone's ever heard of and they still come back so it's not like any one thing is is perfect for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I would also say, if I'm going to be vulnerable for a minute, um, that is probably a little bit of fear in the unknown. Like it's not uh, there. I when when people have resigned from CGI and I've talked to them about kind of their thought process and doing it, I have in some cases commended them of being brave and trying something new. And if it doesn't work, you, you've always got a spot back here. But um, so I would say it's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of loyalty. It's probably a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. um uh and it's uh it's it's a uh, and it's a lot of the fact that i've been able to do so many different things and, and and try learn new skills meet new people uh network uh and grow um and cgi has given me all those opportunities so why would i well and they have an amazing reputation in in, in our area in our consulting world if you will i mean they're in the dc area they're they're well respected right and that's if that was different that also might have changed your opinion right yeah like are you saying like uh i'm not going to name a company <laughs> yeah let's not name somebody but there are other <laughs> companies that are less respected for a variety of reasons right some of them still exist some of them definitely don't exist anymore. so uh, you're saying like if if uh, company x couldn't win work because no one thinks they're capable right or it didn't have the right culture a good right. like cgi has got a lot going for it. i know a lot of people work for cgi they they love the culture they love the work that they do they consistently get more work right they give their employees opportunities they let them do leadership development program or there's a lot that cgi is doing right as a company and so i think that also could play into if i was at a company like that not leaving right right it, we do have a career-minded uh organization so I'm not trying to recruit for CGI per se. I have no idea what roles they have, but in the grand scheme of things in the DC area, I would say that that could lead into the uniqueness that you actually have of not having jumped around through a couple of different companies in the DC area. For sure, for sure. So the work you're doing now, <laughs> yeah. How was there a was there a method you used for educate for education? Right, you had an accounting degree, right? But you're doing something completely different today. So how 
is was it the various roles that you took as you went? I mean, what what or is it is it you have to learn it quickly? Um, you know, as you get into the role. Um. So it's like kind of like what's the recipe that went into how I was able to do those things? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're I mean, you're you're certainly successful in doing it. You're doing you're doing well, and CGI likes you, and and they're doing well. I certainly hope so. <laughs> but so. <laughs> Gosh darn but, it, people like me. And and, and and like you said, a lot of times, uh, except for the one you're in now, you're right, that opportunity comes up and you don't ever know if you're allowed to say no. So you say yes, because it's always positive to say yes. Right. You still got to figure out how to do the work. So as you've gone through these various different roles, how did you learn how to do that work? Um, it definitely builds on itself, I would say. Um, first of all, I don't know if I was ever built to be an accountant. Um, <laughs> I just had this, this you know, it, be going to work for GAO made sense. I was kind of like, uh, how was that? The uh, the other guys, Will Ferrell was the uh, accountant for Law and Order or whatever. <laughs> it just made sense for me. Um, but I don't know if I would have been good at it. Um, so, I'm pretty, and I don't think my grades were that good either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I said, it kind of builds on itself. So, so it started with me being a financial analyst and understanding uh the mechanics that go into a profitable business not necessarily what it takes to run the business mm-hmm. um but what a well-run business looks like on a on a spreadsheet yeah. um to translating that to well what 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 does that look like on a deal right um and then from the deal to okay well then how what's the thought process and strategy that we have to go to get to this to, to you know get to this end result here that we uh, we want to propose to the client um and then kind of stepping up a level and look at a broader all right well uh what do we need to do to have a good well-run business like I said those kpis at a um, um uh, at a business unit level like pipeline statistics um number of you know which is like how many how what does your backlog look like what is your um, open pipeline. What does your P win on all those deals look like? Are you diversifying your uh, your pursuits by going after different types of work, uh, different clients, and and all the other stuff? Um, and once I had so much of that background, I understood how CGI did things. Mm. Um, so you can replace CGI with any any company name, really, but you understand how the the corporation operates uh, and how they kind of assess. Uh, their deals and their potential deals, their programs and their potential deals, um, uh, then you can kind of translate that to my current role, which like, you know, the the very vague statement I gave you of, I bring solutions to the client, but um, I, I, I haven't I've worked my network well enough across CGI that I understand who is where and what they do. So that if a client says, I've got such and such problem, then I'm going to go and talk to those people and see if they have solutions for them. Um, it seems um, very basic, but you know, when you're on a, a program team for 10, 15 years, you're so insular, you're so siloed that you don't know who those people are and you need to ask three people to get to those people. Um, so I've really enjoyed that. You know, we have a recent example of uh, where we were able to, um, uh, I'm trying to not be so specific again, but um so finding my words here but um uh we knew the client had a problem with identifying something and 
and you know, AI, AI is the buzz right now. So we're like, well, we'll see if we can get AI to solve that problem. So we met uh, with our um, folks down in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, put together a little bit of a demo on how we could potentially solve that problem. Client went and visited uh, our location. They loved it immediately. Like we need that. How do we get it? Um, so it was it was awesome to kind of see that result happen in a very you know short order of of we have problem. Here's a newfangled solution that potentially solve that problem. Let's show it to you. Boom, it's done. But anyways, I kind of tangent off of your initial question, but I do think the the recipe, as I said earlier, was just how they built on top of each other and eventually set the stage for me through networks, understanding how CGI does their business to being able to get where I am now and apply all that knowledge, all that background to the client's problems. Well, I think that's that's unique, even amongst many of the people we know, that you have, there, there are not a lot of people I know who have worked in a variety of roles like you have and have learned all the different parts of the business and can say, here's how it works, right? There are consulting firms that help companies do figure out how to, how to work it. Right. But like big, at, at most big companies, and I, I would say CGI is, I don't know, are they considered big or are they still medium? I, I, don't, I don't know. They're big. Yeah, they're big. We they, are 90,000 people worldwide. Yeah, that's big. And they <laughs> tend to get siloed, like you were saying. They get, tend to get siloed in their areas and they don't know, like, like you're describing, how those different things work. Yeah. So to your credit, you've taken a path that uh, learned all of that so that you could then be successful at what you're doing. And that's, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty great. That's different. Yeah. We were, we're, we're a big company. Um, like I mentioned 90,000, but the cool thing about that is we're definitely not all federal space. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of really cool things outside of federal and outside of the United States, um, which I can't even start to talk about those things. I've no, I don't know all everything, but you can start doing digging around what we do. And there was one thing I was looking at recently. Um, that had a University of Oslo connection. So I was I was calling up our people in Norway. I was like, hey, do you know anyone at the University of Oslo? Yeah, yeah, we know these people and we were doing this and blah, blah. so you know, getting on the phone and talking to people that are half world away about about the problems that the US government are have is having. Um it's it's uh it's cool. It's it, to be able to to kind of spread out beyond just your your own little team. That's really nice. They're not every and not every uh, DC consulting firm has that extra flavor. I was there was somebody I interviewed on my podcast uh, not too many episodes ago who whose business is also like that, where they have a commercial side. And a, as you know, um, government's slow to adopt. Mm-hmm. They always have been not, for a variety of reasons. A lot of them are security related. Also, making sure. Um, the product is or whatever, or the methodology is, is more mature. We understand the risks better, right? We're very risk averse, not always jumping on the bandwagon, but because your company has experience in commercial where things are faster, when governments are ready, lo and behold, you can reach out to your contacts in, in your, within your company and, and say, Hey, yeah, we know a bit about that. Um, yeah. That like two years ago, <laughs> right? Welcome to the party government. Yeah. Well, I will, I will give government some credit, you know, they, they get a bad rap. Um, but I don't think that's all true. You know, I actually was talking to a former client of ours, um, who 30 years at state retired, went into commercial and is like, it's, there's more bureaucracy over here than there ever was in the government. (laughs) It probably depends on your business unit and your leadership, right? Uh, there are some, 
parts of even like there are parts of the State Department that are extremely bureaucratic and there are parts yeah. of the Department of State because I worked in a foreign aid agency. So I, I've, met, I've met a lot of people in Department of State. There are parts that are extremely agile and extremely yeah. forward thinking. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a mix and match. Not every part of every agency is there yet. But um, but you're right. There are some big forward thinkers. Look at the VA. VA has got whole artificial intelligence uh, institute, which is amazing. Right. It's, it's great. So um, while other agencies are still scared of it and not wanting yeah. to. What are those um, uh, OTAs? You know, that's a kind of a oh, yeah. cool concept for them to bring in new technologies to. So I, I do. There, it's fun and easy to say. You know, everyone gets gets a laugh. Oh, government, speed of government, and so on right. and so forth. But um, I do think they should get more credit than than what they're getting because industry and 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 commercial space have their their own kind of problems that the that bottleneck the ability to solve them. Yeah. Well, you threw out an acronym. Maybe some people don't even know OTAs. Like, there's people in government who don't even know about OTAs. Yeah. Other transactional authority as things. Yeah. Are. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the other ways of contracting that get around some of our more bureaucratic or limiting functions of the FAR. There are there are clauses in the FAR that you could take advantage of because everything's in the FAR. But there are clauses in the FAR that um, have opportunity for new and new technology, new methodologies of acquisition, yeah. which are. Uh, pretty innovative. There, uh, there's some really great forward thinkers who have looked at the FAR, know it inside and out, and said, "Oh, I can do this with it that I didn't realize I could do." And then everybody's like, "Oh, you could do that, and right." And so, those things kind of come out of those um, capabilities. Yeah, the right progressive mindset. So, as you've gone through this uh, career, uh, yeah. what are some things that you, or what is something you've seen that if you wish we did it differently? Uh, it may be a big change and maybe we're not ready for that change. So you're just kind of introducing, Hey, I'm not even saying you should have the solution, right? Something <laughs> we should relook at and uh, possibly do differently. Um, this is not going to be very bold, but have you, do you know who David Marquette is? I do. Oh, he's another classmate of my dad's, by the way. Yeah. Um, he, uh, so for, for those that may not know, he's all over LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to look him up but he uh he um was a captain on a submarine you know the short story i'm gonna really abbreviate this i highly recommend people watch it because there's a lot of background information i'm not going to give that uh um adds a little bit more um uh power to the story but um he was a, a submarine captain got assigned to the lowest performing sub in the fleet and uh he had to figure out how to, to make it better uh, and his his uh, his basic approach is to push the decisions down to the level of the expert. It's you know to, to the person that's doing on a day to day basis. Um, let's uh, let's let them make the decisions. He asks them what their intent is, like what do they expect to happen with this action, uh, and if that makes sense, then it's yeah sure go for it, try it out uh, in a in a military you know response kind of way, but. Um, and I, I get where I'm going with this isn't necessarily to say that we have a problem with pushing things down to the right level, because I think people are actually power, power empowered to do things, but don't know it. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess what I would do uh, if I could change something, it's having a conversation, everyone having a conversation with their, their teammates, with their um, bosses, with their uh, um uh, the people they manage 
uh, around understanding, you know, where the line is on those decisions so that we don't just arbitrarily create bottlenecks. Things mm -hmm. just don't get punted on for, you know, who, who knows how long because we're just waiting for someone else to do it. You know, um, I think I, 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 what did I say just a minute ago? The uh, progressiveness, it's proactivity in this case, like proactivity and decisiveness, I guess is what I would like to see uh, a conversation around so that everyone could be proactive and decisive uh, in their their daily happenings. Mm. Yeah, and knowledgeable that they are empowered, right? To be that way. Right, because I mean, I see it every day and this isn't a government thing. This isn't an industry thing. It's an everything thing. Um in every industry, every market of people that assume someone else has it. So therefore they're just going to like, eh, I don't know. I think they got it. Um, and then nothing gets done because the other person's either too busy or actually doesn't know they have it. <laughs> right. Why isn't someone else making this decision? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really great one. Um, yeah, I have worked for one person in the military who was, who was like that. Yeah. Um, it's it's a rare a rare person who would give you know they see it as giving a lot of people see it as that leader giving up their authority right right instead of empowering with their authority for you to make a decision they still yeah. have the utmost responsibility of whatever it is you you do uh, they are empowering you to make a decision with their authority and then you just got to use it very wisely uh, <laughs> it's like the racy chart kind of thing right the yeah the, I, I'm 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 responsible for this but you're accountable for it whatever you know. yeah yeah. So that's a great idea. So what's uh, what's next for you or what's next for CGI? What's coming up in the near future? Well, what's what's next is uh, heading out to the cabin with some friends this weekend to play some Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Nebraska plays their first football game Thursday night uh, against the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for the football season to kick off. Um, I'm excited to hang out with some friends this weekend. I'm sure we'll have a, a dram or two. Um, and, uh, for as far as work-wise, um, I don't foresee anything big changing, you know, we're just going to continue to support our clients and, um, and, uh, and, and for CGA's, CGI's, uh, shareholders benefit, continue to try to grow the business and, sure. you know, in a responsible way. Um, uh, but yeah, there's nothing new and really exciting. I would say that's, that's on the horizon there. It's just continuing to be a, a dad, a, a, a husband, a, a friend and, and, uh, uh, an employee of CGI or a member <laughs> as we like to say. Yeah. Well, that, those are all good things to, to strive to be right. So, well, I, I, I wish you well, I know you and I interact all the time, so we'll, we'll talk soon, but thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thanks again for having me. Yeah.